If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua 23. We're back in Joshua. Joshua 23. And let's pray. And if you guys are still looking for it, go ahead. But let's pause and pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, we thank you so much for this camp and what you've done. Lord, we we never want to take this time for granted. And when we go back home, it just feels like it was here today, gone tomorrow. But we want to... We want to reflect tonight and and today, and Lord, just we thank you so much for what you've done and what you will continue to do. I pray that as we go back home and into our normal schedules, Father, that we would remember what you taught us here, that we would reflect on that. It would remind us of what we need to do now in life and putting off our old self and putting on the new self. And Lord, we're not here just for a moment. We're here to to uh, reflect you and to live for eternity. We need to have a heavenly mind, Father, and see the big picture and and see what you have for us, not just to live for the moment, but to live for eternity. And so, Father, go before us as we study your word here in Joshua. Help us to um, take it to heart and to um, just let it to minister to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that he's here today. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, Joshua 23, you guys probably have a subtitle up uh, above the chapter. It says, Joshua's farewell to the leaders. Joshua's farewell to the leaders. And I thought this was applicable for us today, that as we leave, this is our fa- my farewell message to you all as we go home, back into our normal lives, our normal work schedule, our normal daily schedule. This is the farewell message to you. And there's some bullet points I'm going to have you guys write down, six bullet points that we're going to go over that's found here in Joshua 23 that Joshua gave to the leaders and the elders, the officials, it says here, as he's about to be home with the Lord. He's at an old age. He's at a ripe old age. He's a military leader. He did the job well done. And God says, it's time for you to come home. I want you to give this last hoorah to the, to the officials and to the leaders as they start to begin a new thing with the Israelites Moses did it to Joshua. Joshua now is doing it to the other officials and leaders. But Joshua gives this last farewell, hoorah, if you will, to the Israelites. But it's not just a hoorah and saying, hey, goodbye, and we're so old. He's, He's old. It says he's well advanced in years. And it says he is just ready to go home. By then, he's old and well advanced in years. So he's, he's just an old geezer now. And he's like, all right, my time is done. And here is a message to you. Okay? And, and, and it's whatever. These are words of wisdom from an old man. All right? He's lived a life. He knows how to live now as a Christian, as a, as a believer in the Lord. And this is our message to you as well. This is our message to you as well. Let's read verse 23. Sorry, verse, verse 1 of chapter 23, and then we're going to jump to verse 6. Verse 1, it says, After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, the elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and he said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. Yes, he is. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all of these nations for your sake. And it was the Lord your God... Who fought for you. Now jump to verse 6. Here's the, the list he, he's going to give us. And then I'm going to number it and put it in our own translation. Have you guys write it down. Verse 6. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke their names of their gods or swear by them. 
You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. And then at the remaining end of the chapter, you can read it if you want. He just gives a last hurrah to them. But he gives these bullet points, if you will, of here's what you need to do as I'm going on to be with the Lord. I leave you with this message, these words of wisdom, so that you now can take it into all of Israel and beyond and be the next generation leaders. So for this, for you guys, this is my message to you. As we go back home now, as we go back to our normal daily schedules, this is our, our thing that we need to take heed of. There's six things I want you guys to write down as a farewell from camp, if you will, of what we need to learn by. And now when we go into our new world, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. And you're going to want to think the heavenly-minded way. You're going to have a different perspective now. Hopefully when you go back, you're going to see things like, wow, I cannot believe I was into this. It's time to put that off and put on the new self. But the first one we need to write down that we need to remember, farewell words of wisdom. Number one, be spiritually strong. Be spiritually strong. That's found right here in verse 6. That's what he says right, right there. Joshua says, be very strong. Now, he's not talking about physical strength. He's not talking about you need to go lift some weights, get buff, and you need to do this, all right? He's not talking about physical strength. The Bible talks about, Paul would write and say, physical strength has some value, it does. You know, weight training's good. We need to go to the gym. We need to keep our bodies in check. We need to be healthy and strong, be sound of mind. And so he says physical strength is of some value. Paul says this. But compared to holiness and godliness, it's nothing. If we're, we're focused so much on being physically strong, but our spiritual life is not stronger, then we're missing something. Our bodies can become an idol. They can. We can just focus so much on our bodies that we look in the mirror so many times Every time you guys wake up, what's the first thing you do? You will honestly probably go to the mirror every single time and look at yourself. We all look gross in the morning. We all do. Get that eye crust out, pop some pimples. Get, get a popcorn kernel that was stuck there last week out of your teeth. Just nasty stuff. I'm not saying that this happens to me, but <laughs> verse 6, be very strong. So physical strength has some, has some value, but Joshua's saying, I want you guys to be spiritually strong, because here comes the battle. As I'm leaving on to be with the Lord, I've done my battle, now it's time for you guys to have your battle. Be very strong. Be very strong. The battles will come. There, he's talking about physical battles here, but we're, we're going to talk about spiritual battles. They fought literal battles to win back Canaan, to take back their land. And now Joshua's saying, you guys, when I'm going to be with the Lord, now it's time to fight the battles, and I'm not going to be with you. And so that's kind of my message to you. I'm not always going to be with you. We, we meet every Sunday and Wednesday, but in between then, you guys are on your own, in a sense. How strong spiritually are you going to be through these battles? That's number one. Number two, obey God's word. Obey God's word. Translation, that's what we, what we read here. In verse 6, be very strong, be very careful now to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Be very careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. The book of the law of Moses was Genesis through Deuteronomy. That was their Bible, if you will. They didn't have, you know, they were living out the life of Joshua. They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't have the gospel. They didn't have the whole Bible, if you will, like we do today. 
All they had was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That was their Bible, if you will. But for us today, the translation would be, obey all of God's word, what he has. This whole word of God is breathed by God. It's his final word to you and me. It's his love letter. It's a compass for you and me. It's to guide us. It's to guard us. And it's to show us who Jesus is. For them, it was the book of the law, which was, which again, Genesis through Deuteronomy. That's what they read. So Joshua is saying, don't turn aside from this. You need to start obeying it. Obey it. So it's so easy for us to obey God's word here at camp. Very easy to do that. Why? Because we're surrounded by Christian friends. We're surrounded by good company. We have the Bible in front of us almost every day. So it's easy. It's easy not to depart. But when you go back home, that's when the battle's going to happen. I mean, it happened for me constantly. I go back home. I get the routine again of not having my talk time. I wouldn't have my daily devotions. Because it's so easy. It's so, it's so natural just to do it at camp because that's what it's all about. When you get back home, it's not so easy. It's not so easy. So that's, that's a number. That's a big number now, number two, that we need to obey God's word. To obey it, you need to read it. We can't obey it. We can't know it if you don't read it. And so Josh was saying, you guys need to know the book of the law. You guys need to know this and then obey it. Obey it and it's going to guide you. It's going to guard you. Number three, don't lose focus. Don't lose focus on the big picture. You keep, keep reading. It says in verse 6 again, be very strong. Be careful to obey the, the, all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. I love that. Without turning aside to the right or to the left. This is my right. This is my left. I, I am so off with right and left. Is anybody else like that? You get right and left mixed up? Okay, good. I'm in good company. I'm terrible at right and left. I always get mixed up. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Stay on course. Stay on focus. Because it's so easy to start drifting. Read Hebrews chapter 2. You can write this down. Hebrews chapter 2 talks about it is possible for a Christian to start drifting away. Does that mean they lose their salvation? No, I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I believe that you know, you're saved and God's, God's got a hold of you. But I do believe that it's possible to start drifting away. You start doing your own thing again. You're still saved, but you're kind of getting into the, the mix of the world again. You start to drift. That's what Hebrews 2 tells us. So Josh was saying, don't start drifting to the left. Don't go to the right. You stay on course. You stay focused. You stay focused. Because it's so natural to start going the way we want to go. So his final hoorah is saying, be spiritually strong. Obey God's word. Don't lose focus on what's ahead. Fix our eyes on Jesus. That's what we've been talking about this whole theme of camp. When we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. When we look, that's, that's what faith is. When we look at the unseen, that's what faith is. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. Jesus should be our ultimate destination, our goal. And if we keep on track with Jesus as our focal point, if you will, then we're not going to drift. But if you lose sight of Jesus, it's so easy to start kind of doing your own thing. You start wandering. We're prone to wander. That's just who we are as human beings. So now we need to stay on focus. Number four, don't associate with the wrong company. He gets into kind of like the relationship now with other people. Don't associate with the wrong people, the wrong company. And bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good morals, the Bible says. Look again now in verse 7. Do not associate with those nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. Again, verse 7, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. What nations is he talking about? He's talking about these pagan nations that are around Canaan that kind of 
infiltrated Canaan, when, when Israel was in Egypt as slaves and Moses led them out, he brought them back to the promised land, but the promised land was taken over by pagan nations. So, G, so God says, I want you guys to take over this land that I gave you to drive these people out. They don't worship me. They don't love me. They refuse to uh, respect my name. And so I want you to drive them out. These were pagan nations that Israel needed to defeat. But the Bible would say also in Judges, Judges is a tricky book to understand because the Israelites were like a roller coaster, up and down. They had good times and they had bad times because they would start mingling with the wrong company. They'd start mingling with the, the pagan nations. They would start worshiping their gods. They would forget about Jesus, the true God. And so when you read Judges, it's just like our life. You read Judges, we're up and down sometimes. We have good times at camp. We go back home, there are low times. We start mixing with the wrong company. It's a picture of just the human heart. God wants us to be consistent. Yes, we may go down and up, but if we stay up for a good time, we need to be consistent with that. Don't get back down in the valley. It's easy to do that. So again, number four, don't associate with the wrong company. So some of you need to make decisions now when you go back home. I don't know if I should be hanging out with this friend anymore or with this group of friends. Because if they're influencing you to do the wrong thing that you know is wrong and the Bible says is wrong, then it's time to make new friends. And that's where it's going to start getting lonely. But when you are lonely at times, but doing the right thing, that's a good thing to be at. Start embracing that lonely time, because then God's going to do a miraculous thing. So if you feel like, man, I'm a Christian, I'm serving God, but I just feel kind of alone. I don't really have any godly friends around me. God's going to open some doors. He's going to bring you the right people to be around. Because that's when it's hard. When we wait on the Lord... For him to bring godly friends, it can be a long time. But it's easy for us to go find the friends that we want to be around with. But sometimes they're not the best friends to be around. So it's time to start thinking about that. Don't associate with the wrong company. And Joshua had to give this warning. And they would fail. The Israelites would fail at this. And judges, read judges. They would be good, then they would be bad. That's why God appointed judges. That's where we get the word judges for the book. God would appoint judges to rule them. And say, this is what you need to do. And when a judge ruled, the people were happy. When the judge kind of died off and moved on and God had to find another judge, the people would go back into sin. It's the human heart. So remember, don't associate with the wrong company. Number five. Number five, Joshua says this basically. Make God number one in your life. God needs to be number one. He needs to be first in your life. And this is found here in verse eight. Look again at the ending of verse seven. He says, you must not serve them or bow down to them. Verse 8, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. He's talking about when the Israelites later would go and, and start mingling with the pagan nations. They would start bowing down to their idols. They'd start doing the thing that they would do. They would start forgetting the Lord their God. And they would forget to put God first in their life. They would make themselves kind of first in their life. Isn't that what Adam and Eve did in Genesis 3? Satan deceived them. He said, did God really say this? Now, he's kind of holding, he's holding some stuff back from you. He knows that you, if you eat of this, you, you will not surely die, but you'll start to be like him, and you'll be your own God, and he's afraid of that, basically is what Satan's saying. So back in Adam and Eve time, in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, the human heart is saying, I don't think I need someone over me. I can handle myself. I am my own God. And that's where pride sinks in. 
So Joshua's saying here, number five, you've got to make God number one in your life. You have to. You have to. When you guys get married, God needs to be the focal point of your marriage. He needs to be first before your spouse. When you guys have parents, we need to honor your parents. God needs to be above that too. God needs to be before anybody else in your life. Before friendships, before relationships, between a girlfriend, boyfriend, or anything else that, you, that we have, God needs to be number one. So again, he says here, I love verse 8, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. So they were doing a good job, Joshua's saying, but he's warning them, if you don't hold fast to God, if you don't make him number one, you're going to start to drift, and then we start to blame God. Why isn't God loving me? Why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't God there? Wake up call. You are the one who left God. I'm the one who left God. God never left us. We, we like to blame God for kind of leaving us and forsaking us. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are the one who has drifted from me. Come back to me. Come back. So the Israelites were doing good now, but Joshua's warning them, if you start to drift away from the Lord, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And he would also give them a warning. You can read the end of chapter 23. He would say, if you don't put God first in your life, he's not going to fight your battles for you, and you will be defeated. And they would learn that lesson. There were times where they put God first, and they would win every single battle. They would defeat the nations. But once they started worshiping other gods and putting God aside, we don't really need God to fight our battles. We can do it. They would lose every time. It's just simple as that. They started losing. And they're like, why are we losing? And the judges that were appointed by God says, because you have, have, you have abandoned God, come back to him. And he'll fight for you. That's a promise that we're going to end with. God's going to fight for you. God's going to fight for you. You only need to be still. All you have to do is be still and put him first. Put him first. That's number six. Um, that's number five, sorry. Number six and final. Love the Lord your God. That's the biggest one. Love the Lord your God. Look with me at verse 9, and we'll read it down to the end. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So, verse 11, be very careful to love the Lord your God. When you start loving the Lord your God, when you start reading his word, that's, that's a loving relationship. When you start praying to God, that's a loving relationship. When you worship him through singing, that's a loving relationship. When you Put God first in your life and you start loving Him for who He is and what He's done on the cross. God's going to do great things in your life. He's going to make promises come true. He's going to fight for you. He's going to do everything that He says He's going to do. That's what we talked about um, yesterday morning. That question is uh, that Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? I'm going to do everything that you want me to do for you. You just need to ask. Are you seeking me first? Are you loving me? Where is, your, where is that relationship with you? So again, I want to end with this. God is going to fight for your battles. Because I love what verse 10 says. One of you routes a thousand. Meaning one of, one of you can defeat a thousand people. But why? It's because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So in totality of all these six things that we need to do, be spiritually strong. Obey God's word. Don't lose focus. Don't associate with the wrong crowd. Make God number one in your life and love the Lord your God. When you do these things, God's going to fight for you. He's going to fight your spiritual battles. And let God fight your spiritual battles. We don't need to fight the battles that we have. We try to. We try to because we think we can do it. We got it. I can fight. I got this. 
It's not a boxing match between us and our sin issues. Let God get in the boxing ring and fight this. Let God do it. He's going to fight your battles. I want you guys to write this down. Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31. I love this verse. I'm going to turn to it real quick. Romans 8.31. This is Paul writing to the, to the Romans. And it's just one of my favorite verses. Romans 8.31. Paul says this, and we get a song also with this. Verse 31 of chapter 8 of Romans Paul says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave up us for all, how will, we, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? All things. Backtrack to verse 28. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Then he talks about that we are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus at the end of chapter 8. Let God fight your battles. All you have to do is do these six things. It's not going to be easy, but if you come together in unity, we need each other. We can hold fast to God and, and, and lean on each other as well as brothers and sisters in the Lord as one. But when you do these six things, it doesn't have to necessarily be in order, but you just keep track on doing these six things. God's going to fight your battles for you. All you have to do is be still. And he promises to fight them for you. He's going to win every time you put God first. You start putting God aside, you're going to start losing some battles. And then you're going to wonder, what is going on? Why is this happening to me? It's because you've lost your first love. You've drifted. Remember, if God's going to fight, we only need to be still. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors when Christ Jesus is first in our life. Amen? Amen. This is our farewell message, just as it was for Joshua to the Israelites. I want you guys to take heed of this. When you guys go back into your, your homes and your jobs and your schools, remember this. It's, it's not going to be easy. And I don't want to scare everyone and be like, man, the Christian life is, stinks. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. This is terrible. When you are really focused on who Jesus is and you have just this tremendous love for him, it's going to just overwhelm you where you're going to know this is the best ever. This is good news. God's law isn't burdensome. We, we, we need to desire God's law. It's not, it's not boring. It's not tiresome. We delight in it. But if some of you are like, man, this Christian life, just, I don't get it. So many rules and it's just, it's just so hard. Ask God to meet you in a special way. He wants to meet with you. He wants to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? I'm here. I haven't left you. I've been standing right here with open arms, and I want to receive you. I want to love on you. I want to comfort you. I want to guide you. My words are not burdensome, the Lord says. They are life. And I love you. That's what he has for us. So as Joshua says farewell to the Israelites, I also say farewell as we go back to camp. Love the Lord your God. Put him first. Be spiritually strong. And remember just to always obey what His Word says. Trust in Him and obey. I love you guys. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Then we're going to go head out to brunch. Get some food in our bellies. We're hungry. And uh, then we'll be on our way. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for what You've done 
at this camp, at this, this moment, this, this time that we got to get away. And Lord, as Joshua said farewell to the Israelites and he gave his last words of wisdom, Lord, I, I pray that we will now see what you have for us also in Joshua 23, that it can be kind of our farewell letter to, to us, that as we go back into our homes and wherever we, we go, that we would follow after you, we would obey your word, we would be spiritually strong. We are more than conquerors when we're with you. God, you've already fought the biggest battle. You've won the war already. When you died on the cross and you put all our sins on your shoulders, you, you've defeated death. That's the biggest war. But Father, we're going to have little battles. We're going to have struggles. And we need you to fight for us. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. And if some of us have drifted from that, if some of us have drifted from you, we haven't kept you on point, we haven't made you our focus. Lord, I pray that we would get back on track. We would see Jesus now and we fix our eyes on him. Father, I pray that we would just remember to be consistent in this relationship with you. Lord, for anyone that has made a new commitment to you and have asked them into your have asked you into their hearts, Lord, I pray that you would surround them with godly friends. Father, I pray that if there's anyone in here also that needs to give up some old friends that are bad influences, I pray that you would give them courage and the boldness to do that. And Lord, if, if there's going to be a time where some of us are going to have to be lonely, Father, I pray that you would meet us in an awesome supernatural way in those lonely times. I pray that we would embrace that so that you can do a good work in us. So again, we, we thank you so much for what you've done here at this camp. I pray that you would go before us now as we go back home. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Love you guys.